thing, I gotta come up with another intro then. What's up everybody? Because it's essentially just a ripoff of a YouTube uh, channel. The guy followed Peter McKinnon. And that's how he starts everything like, what's up everybody? It's like, so does, that's so generic, you're fine. Okay. What's up everybody? <laughs> Back to the Alternative Blacks podcast. We might go under a different name. I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling this. I'm thinking we might become the Blackmail Podcast. Oh, dear. No. No, I don't like that one. No. No. But see, we might get, like, some weird listeners who are, like, looking for advice from the Blackmail people. <laughs> <laughs> and then we might get advice from Blackmails. Right. Like, everybody wins. No. Wait, that's not how that works. <laughs> Anyways, we got a really interesting episode for you guys coming up. Yes. We're going to be talking baseball. baseball. But before we get into any of that, beer. That's right. You want an intro? Intro to today's beer. So today we are drinking for us, for you, Flying Dog Operation Breakfast, which is, it only says it's a coffee stout. And on the on the uh, draft list, mm-hmm. it only said it was a coffee stout, but it's a coffee vanilla stout. No, no, no. It's an all-you-can-eat coffee vanilla stout. That it is. Um, inspired by all-you-can-eat breakfast, this beer has flavors of oatmeal, waffles, <laughs> buttered toast. Butter toast. And, and, and yeah. <laughs> butter toast. And cafe lattes. Oh, my God. With cocoa vanilla whipped cream. Yeah, whip that cream. Yeah, you whip that cream. So they they they, they like enc- Here, I'm gonna give this to you because <laughs> they like encompass like literally when so when they said breakfast, you know, you, you usually when someone says like a breakfast stout and it's a coffee, it's just gonna be coffee. But they like they added everything except like some smokiness for some bacon, which would have been, you know, uh, you know, they, I think they could have also thrown in some, like, molasses, you know, to, to really get that syrupy breakfast-like vibe to it, but... Eh, I'm good without the molasses. No, no, I'm perfectly okay without them throwing that shit in there. And, oh, this is lovely on the nose. The delicious smell. Mm. It's, it's smellicious. That is so good. And it's... Now, maybe, hey, just me, I'm not a huge fan of Flying Dog. No. Like. I actually like pretty much loathe their beers. I've never had a flying dog that I'd say, yeah, I'd buy this again. Right. Until now. Until now. Introducing (laughs) Flying Dog Operation Breakfast. All you can eat coffee vanilla stout. Brought to you by (laughs) Flying Dog. After we slandered you for two minutes. (laughs) Sponsor us. (laughs) (laughs) Give us money. (laughs) Um. Yeah, yeah, like, no, seriously, it's very surprising. And I actually, it's perfectly balanced. Like, the coffee is strong, but the vanilla really balances it out. Um, the roasted taste oh, of the... the roast is- and that buttery flavor mm-hmm. from the... Whatever they're using for buttered toast flavor, probably I, butter. I think they probably put in actual butter toast. Like, I just think they get a bunch of toast, butter that shit up. Throw it in. Just butter those buns and throw it right in there. Yeah, just like that. Uh, <laughs> full you- disclaimer, we actually had this prior to the episode while we were sitting at the bar at Mary's getting just, prepared for just the a taste. Episode. Just a taste. Now, normally we don't do that. Normally we just come in here like 
kind of completely blind. But we were trying to figure out what on the list we really wanted. That's right. And could not come up with one. And we saw Flying Dog and we're like, fuck that. Yeah. And they were like, no, no, no. I vouch for this. And we're like, all right, but like... Bring us a sample. (laughs) (laughs) We believe you bring us a sample. (laughs) And as soon as that got put down in front of us and I smelled it, I was like, oh, this is the one. This is what I've been waiting for my whole life. (laughs) So we're not going into this um, completely blind. We're only going in legally blind. (laughs) (laughs) What? Well, like, usually we go in completely blind. Right. You know, like, literally black like, nothing. Running into a wall. Yeah. Legally blind, like, I could still slightly function, but I'm not getting behind the wheel of a car without glasses on. I shouldn't get there. There we go. The that's, that's always the answer. So what would you rate this? You know, I'm thinking... I'm thinking right around a four, maybe a four, two, five. Damn, I was like up in the four, five, four, seven, five region. I, I like how we flip on these, where I'm usually like underneath. And then well, I think it. I think I think it has to do with your uh, unaffinity for dark beer. So the fact that I actually enjoy it, it, it goes. Yeah, you go like with dark beers. This is it's extremes. Two. It's either this is a two or this is a five. <laughs> You're not wrong. As evidenced by our last episode, where you some <laughs> like what is wrong with you? They've been interacting with our post though. Union like probably hasn't listened to the episode because they probably just would not associate themselves with me yet. Yeah, I wouldn't either. But yet here I am, like a lunatic. Yeah, 21 episodes in, and you're still here. Wow, 21 episodes in? Yes. This is our 21st episode? This is our 21st episode. Wow. Damn, we've been doing this for a while, huh? Hot minute. Hot minute. Hot. (laughs) But yeah, so today's topic is... Wait, wait, wait. So wait, what was your your rating again before we absolutely forget this? Because we do this like... Oh no, it's time. a it's a four zero. You did I'm a four zero. I'm going four. No, you know what? Yeah, four zero. Okay, I'll say four two five. I'm gonna say four fifty, so we can bring it to a four. What was that? What's that math look like? It, I mean, what were you gonna rate it? A two five. five? Four. If you're gonna rate it a two five, would have just bumped up to two five. So, like for our average, four two five. That's, if you want to rate it four two five or four five, it's gonna be a four two five for us. Yes. Yeah, Either way. So yeah, four two five. Is our rating for it? Yes, together. Yes, four two five collectively. Collectively, as an alternative black. Yes. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So, before we go any further, a word from our sponsor. Shit, this is just me saying it, isn't it? It's not actually a word from our sponsor. I guess that's just a phrase that people say. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, you could like read later and just stick it in here. No, no, I mean, this is staying in the podcast. I'm just like talking about how like. You listen to like a radio station and a word from our sponsor and it's just like them An actual word it. from the sponsor. Right. Like is it I never mind. Anyways. As always, we want to thank Oprah Grown Company for believing in our mission and being our sponsor. If you find yourself in the mood for a great craft beer, make sure to check out Oprah Grown Company if you haven't already. And if you have, go check it out again. Because they always have really good new beer on tap. And sandwiches with a quarter pound of cheese. Quarter pound of cheese! 
Cheese. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Located at 628 Park Avenue in Reading, PA, Oakbrook provides a beer hall style environment in the Old Oakbrook Fire Company. Open Tuesday through Sunday, Oakbrook Brewing Company has games, movie nights, fantastic food, both a quarter pound of cheese, and of course, great beer. That was a word from our. <laughs> Thank you, Oprah. <laughs> wow, that guy from Oakbrook sounds awfully a lot like you. Right? It's crazy. Thanks, Kyle. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. No, so I was really pushing for this episode. Yes, you were. Well, because it's current, it's important to me. I remember you calling me up about this. Man, have you heard about the Astros? about the Astros? So, of course, today we're talking about... Well, maybe not, of course. If you don't follow baseball, you probably don't care. But... But you should. But you should. Because it goes back to integrity. So, <laughs> there's this huge scandal going on in baseball right now. Huge. And I'm not going to call it, like, an unprecedented scandal. It's more of just, like, the cycle is it's resetting. The next scandal. <laughs> the cycle's resetting since the steroid era, essentially. Oh that was crazy. That was middle school for us. Yeah. So, like, or even younger, really. It started coming out in middle school, right. but even younger, because, come on, Barry Bonds did not get that way naturally. It was creatine. It was whey, whey protein. <laughs> whey protein and uh, plant-based <laughs> plant based supplements. <laughs> but, uh, no, so... Supplement HGA. Today we wanted to discuss the... Uh, the Houston Astros uh, sign-stealing scandal, um, kind of give a timeline for that because all this stuff kind of broke um, from November to just a couple weeks ago. Um, kind of give a rundown of that and then just kind of talk about, you know, the MLB and the history of baseball and kind of the culture of it and our experience with it because we grew up playing baseball and some of us continued um Playing through high school and others did not. So I was really that shocked too. that you didn't like continue playing. I'll go fuck <laughs> off. So un uh, unangrily moving on. Shut up, that's a word. Uh, the S. <laughs> so yeah, so there was an article back in November 2019 um, in the in the Athletic uh, where a a former Astros pitcher, uh, Mike Fears, uh, went on the record and basically was saying, hey, the, the Astros, they were cheating when I was there. They've been cheating since. I've been trying to tell people, but it was kind of like I wasn't sure of like the protocol of, or the rules and how it should be handled because baseball is a lot of unwritten rules when it comes to like right, how you're supposed to conduct that. yourself. Don't go fuck the <laughs> We, 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 we can have a whole argument <laughs> whole about other, that. Whole other episode. We have a whole argument about that because we disagree on that. We do. We do do. We do do. Yeah. And, and you know what? I thought back on it and I definitely have thrown the bat. Mm-hmm. And, and that was after I was done hitting like little wee home runs. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but um, so essentially what what came of this article was the Astros were cheating back in 2017 during their World Series run. And they did this using some kind of video recording device to steal the catcher's sign. So for those of you who are unfamiliar with baseball, and especially higher level baseball, 
Um, the catchers and the pitchers basically call the game. The catcher's primarily calling the game. He's going to be giving hand signals to the pitcher for what type of pitch the pitcher's going to throw and where he wants the pitcher to throw it. So it'll be and the a pitcher fastball. can call it audible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. That's a good thought. Like the coach yeah. come like like in football, if the offensive coordinator calls in a play, the the uh, quarterback will the call quarterback it. gets the line is like I don't like nah, this look. We're, yeah, we're, we're I'm Tom Brady. <laughs> we're audibling. Um, Which I had to throw Tom Brady in because we're talking about cheaters. Yeah, exactly. Good, good way to way to bring things together. Yeah, fuck you, Tom. All, all kinds of connected things. So, um, so basically, the catcher is going to throw down a hand sign um, between his legs to the pitcher, block it as best he can, so that only the pitcher can see it. Um, the pitcher will then know what pitch uh, the catcher wants him to throw, whether it's a fastball, a changeup, a curveball, a slider, what have you. Um, the pitcher will nod if he takes the signal and he's like, yes, okay, we're in agreement, or he'll sh- he'll uh, shake his head like, no, I want something different. And then they'll keep communicating um, until they agree. Mm-hmm. So you'll see that you might see that quite a bit when you're seeing the pitcher and the catcher just staring at each other and the pitcher's like moving his head a little bit. And it's like, more than love. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're not having a bro moment. Like they're probably annoyed at each other. <laughs> no, this is what I said. <laughs> Curveball. <laughs> so um, screw it, I'll do it. So the unwritten rules of baseball say that it's okay to sign steal as long as it's within the spirit of the game, quote unquote. AKA if you're a runner on second base and you happen to see the sign and you can deduce with your mind in the moment and your eyes what the pit what the signs are like all power to you so like, like good for you, you. Are you communicating that somehow with the batter or are you just like using that to your advantage to steal third? Oh no, you communicate that. But it's in the spirit of the game. It's yeah. the same exact thing of it's the same exact in the spirit of the game as football players, defensive players watching film study, looking at a player's body language to figure out what route he's going to run right, or trying like, to like understand. The knuckle thing. Like you can right, like kind of right. see what they're going to do. Try to understand. Of like right, exactly. Blood flow and the knuckle. Like, oh, they're like really planting in. They're going to be like. Absolutely. Okay. Um, or the quarterback's hand motions and signs that he's giving on the field on tape. Because he's um, done it over and over right. again, and, and they should be studying it, and they should be changing those they up. They should be, but but also in the middle of the game, if they're like, if if the quarterback does like a a hand signal on his head to the receiver and like two or three times throughout the game in the fourth quarter, what the defender is supposed to just ignore it? Like, oh no, nope, oh. I didn't see that. Oh, he's not throwing it. Out. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the a lot of these guys change up, and and so do the catchers and the pitchers. They'll change their signs up. Between innings, and now, a lot. Now, just for this for, reason, for listeners' sake, you know this goes way beyond one's a fastball, two's a curveball. Mm-hmm. It goes way beyond that because it's like huge, like it's different motions. It's, it's coming, a sequence. What is it going inside, outside, right. going Absolutely. high, low? It becomes much more sophisticated than just like what it gets shown sometimes. Exactly. On even like cartoons where it's just like right, and it's like you'll see. You can watch it on a TV broadcast. You can see the catcher's Matt. hand. He'll throw four different hand signs, and one of them they they decide beforehand. You know, the third sign's the real sign, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and college. NFL now has the micro has the headsets, so they don't do this anymore. But in college, 
they have hand signs to call the plays in. And in high school, we did that. We called the plays in um, with color codes. We did hand signals. We did numbers and letters. And I had like a wristband on to call the plays off of. So these are types of things that permeate sports. Um, and these are also types of things, if you figure it out in the middle of the game Again, back with to your the, eyes, back good to basketball, for you. Like you, you call a press by a certain name or a different like code. And right. After a while, like the first two times like you, you press or you decide to run a certain play, like you pick it up and the like next time you call it, you know how you should be defending or attacking something. Right, it, right. It's, it's, yeah, spirit of the game. Okay. Spirit Sorry, of the game. get caught up in Basketball's a little different, yes. but yeah. Uh, I mean, because it's... Because of the flow. Okay, but back to back to the baseball thing. So basically, very extremely important to the team's uh, livelihood and the pitcher's livelihood that these signals are kept secret during the course of a game. Because if a batter figures out what's coming, you know, Mm -hmm. that could be detrimental to the pitcher and the team. Um, There has been a history of sign stealing that has been illegal such as people outside of the game in the stands with binoculars reporting signs in the middle of the game to the dugout somehow what's wrong with that you see how that might be a little a a little uh fucked up so what the astros what it turns out the astros did was there was a player and the yeah we're drinking (laughs) Uh, there was a player who was struggling. It was a hitter that was struggling. Unnamed. Unnamed hitter that was struggling, Carlos Beltran. And uh, he... Now named. Yeah. And the hitting coach wanted to help. And he's like... What a and, guy. Yeah, what a guy. And the and the unnamed player, Carlos Beltran, uh, <laughs> went ahead and said, you know, well, hey, when I was over here, we were stealing signs this way. We should try something to get... You know, so we can get the signs. And so they employed a system. They put a camera out in center field. That's exactly where the line got crossed. Yeah. And so they put the camera out in center field. It was back in 2017. Since then, there are rules expressly prohibiting electronic equipment that that would have fell into. At the time. Fine. At the time, it wasn't fine. But But the rule wasn't there. Right. But it's... But now it's expressly not there. It was, it was implicated, but not <laughs> expressly. Yeah, exactly. So this camera was trained from center field, zoomed in right on the right on home plate, and it had a live feed to the tunnel of the dugout, which you know you have the dugout, and it goes into the tunnel under the grandstand where the locker rooms are. So live feed. They can read up the signals, and the coaches or whoever's involved, and knowing of this can decipher the signals pretty quickly, even if they're changed mid-game, and relay those signs somehow. Um, So that is all we knew back in November. This story broke, and it was huge. This escalated quickly. It escalated very quickly because of the internet, because obviously people were pissed. No. Why would you be pissed? I don't know, especially if you were, you know, any team that played the Astros that year or any team in the playoffs that year that lost to the Astros, like the New York Yankees. Well, hold up. 
and I don't, and I have no love lost for the New York Yankees. Fuck the Yankees. Yes, but also they kind of got screwed in all this, and but so did the Dodgers, who now lost the, the World issue. Series. Now that's the issue. Yeah, but the Yankees, you could say, also got screwed, and we'll get into that as well a little later because um, because of some other things. So this happens. Um, YouTube goes crazy. YouTubers are posting full um, case studies. Case studies. They're basically posting full Astros games. We're trending on YouTube for for a couple days in November. And why is this? Because the article mentions that the way that they signaled what the pitch was going to be was by banging a bat on a trash can. And when you're not looking, listening for it, you don't really notice. Not what? You're not looking for it. Oh, sorry. It sounded like licking. Oh, no, no, no. When you're nakers. So. <laughs> I'm so glad you went there because that's exactly what I was <laughs> So, uh, you know, if you're not listening for it, you don't really notice it. But when you're listening for it on the television broadcast, you can hear the banging. Doom, doom, doom. Every single time it's a breaking pitch. That Which is basically wildest, not a fastball. That wasn't even the wildest part of it to me. So, but that's all you knew at the time, right? That's all we knew at the time that they did this. Here's the trash can. Internet sleuths are putting it together on YouTube, saying, "Man, this is this isn't BS. This is real." Here, the here the the games. You can hear it. They were doing breakdowns of it, um, and this goes, you know, from no through from November through December. Um, and the MLB shortly after the invest uh, the article said they're investigating. So January thirteenth, a couple of weeks ago, um, the commissioner released his findings from the investigation. Now there are a couple things to this. First thing, which I was really annoyed with, is all the players have immunity from being um, from having any kind of repercussions. Excuse me. Yes. And they say it was because they were, you know, in exchange for for their cooperation in the investigation, they were immune. What what it really is is the MLB didn't want to fight the players union. Because if they would have suspended players, the the players union would kick in. In the famous words of a Mr. Jim Bob Washington. <laughs> pussies. <laughs> so, so that was first off, and I was kind of I was very angry about that. Second, second off though, what they found was, um, the t- so the team installed the camera in center field. Of course, we knew that already from the original article. Um, the initial plan though was for the runner on second to be able to uh, signal to the hitter what the pitch was. After a signal from the dugout. So the dugout would signal to the second base bag. The second base uh, runner would then okay. somehow signal to the If they kept the that hitter. one, that wouldn't have been as bad. No, it would still have been bad. No, it still would have been bad, but it wouldn't... It would have been as noticeable, but it's it still as bad. Okay, sorry. I'm thinking about, thinking like, how blatant- do we not get caught? <laughs> yeah, blatancy? Yeah. Is that even a word, blatancy? But, okay, so... Um, so that was... But they couldn't figure out how to do that. Because it may not be obvious to us, but the people playing and the people in the league watching that, to see like a a, a runner on second consistently 
consistently like figuring the signs out and signaling them to the hitter, like someone's going to pick up on that. Okay. So they 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 decided uh they decided well it's gonna have to, a signal has to come from the dugout. Um, they tried whistling, they tried clapping, it just was getting lost in the noise or just wasn't very successful. And they settled on taking a an empty trash bin into the tunnel where the live feed was and banging on it with a bat. Two bangs means it's an off-speed pitch, a breaking pitch. So those pitches have a lot more movement on them, unnatural movement. Um, they are a lot slower than a fastball that's very flat and straight. So, so when they don't hear, hold back yeah. a little bit. So if you don't, yeah, you, you either hold back and you wait and you or can you destroy it, or you know it's a fastball and you can you know it's coming flat. It's coming flat. It's, it's can, a huge advantage. You can jump, you know, like okay, like you're you're so used to picking up this ball at high speed velocity that you just. It's like, bam. All right, cool. Right. Like, imagine if we I knew... I miss baseball. Yeah. Yeah, asshole. Yeah. Like, remember, there was a point, like, in Little League, because we no one was allowed to throw curveballs in Little League. So, there was a, remember, there was that point where it just became too easy mm-hmm. for us in Little League because oh. it was a flat pitch. We oh, caught up to the speed got, already. Once I got over the fear of getting hit by the ball, and I never got over the fear of getting hit by the ball, I just thought... I was like, okay, I'm gonna break this. If I think the ball is gonna hit me every pitch, I'm gonna be so relieved and so at ease when I notice <laughs> it's not coming at me that's that I can good. hit the ball. And that's, that's how I became a good batter. That's so weird. That's so <laughs> it weird. It works. I'm gonna get hit. Oh, I'm not getting hit. Bam. <laughs> Meanwhile, the one season I got hit like twice a game. <laughs> but I had a lot more beef. Yo, Garrett Arms. Is the most legendary, He's the goat. like, Deadpan I just got face. hit by a ball. Like, he, took one, he took one to, like, the shoulder blade and just, like, he didn't even, yeah, and he didn't even wince. He just kind of. He just turns his back, gets hit, puts his back down. Casually. Dog sound to first. <laughs> Deadpan face the whole time. Gotta love it. All right. Back <laughs> but, to uh, the, back to the, the fuckery. Back, yes, back to it because, um. So this this trash can stuff, um, they were in the dugout. This was kind of their only thing they could do. Um, so this all comes out in the commissioner's investigation report January 13th, uh, 2020. So a couple of weeks ago. They gave the players immunity, but they didn't give management immunity. They suspended the Astros' general manager and their manager. Manager in baseball is just like the head coach. The general manager is... The general coach. Got it. No. <laughs> the general manager, the GM, is like a GM in any other sport who hires and fires people, essentially. That's their job as personnel. Um, they both got fired because it's like, y'all were one, running the ship. And it turns out from the investigation, they knew. And they either... Didn't do anything about it, knew. or they helped. Exactly. How could you not know? Yeah. At this large scale of it, like, inconsistent thing? Yeah, exactly. Know. So, um, they were suspended for a year, and the Astros owner was like, y'all done disgraced my franchise. Y'all fired. Like, same day they were fired. A couple hours after the, the report broke. They were fired. The Astros were fined $5 million. Which is the maximum allowable 
If we, by, if we could find you more, we would. Yeah, exactly. That's a maximum allowable um, under the current uh, contract. Know, we're going to find you and we're taking your ticket sales next year. Fuck you. <laughs> so, no, that didn't really happen. Yeah. But. But the other the other crazy thing was it wasn't just in 2017 they were it was even found that they were doing this into the following season early 2018. Bro, remember like they went back they went back and played pretty well the next year too. At what point do you just say like, all right, cool, we potentially got away with it for this long. Let's like fucking stop. But that's the thing with people that they're habitual line steppers. <laughs> they be stepping over that line. They just uh habitually. And again. <laughs> and another one. <laughs> another one. Got to find that sample. Yeah. Cuz if you you got away with it and you won a world series. Why and nothing came of it? Why wouldn't you start step habitually line stepping? It's like a fucking layup. <laughs> Even though the MLB came out, you know, Shortly after the 2017 season, um, while this was going on, warning about using electronic uh, videotape equip- equipment to uh, to basically steal signs. And they were just like, yeah, fuck y'all. We're doing it anyway. So all that, all that kind of led to um, Alex Cora. Alex Cora was part of the uh, Astros in 2017 he was then on the Red Sox the following year 2018 the Red Sox got caught cheating using uh Apple watches um and I can't remember what they were using oh, the Apple yes. watches I was just cuz yeah. I was you yeah. know I do my research so this is this podcasts. is why I mentioned that the Yankees kind of got screwed two years in a row because they lost to the Astros who were cheating then they lost to the Red Sox because the Red Sox won the World Series in 2018. So the Red Sox, I mean, hey, listen, I'm I'm more of a fan of the Red Sox than the Fox, I love the Red Sox. than the Yankees, but because the Yankees Yankees fans just annoy the hell out of me. They're like Cowboys fans. So, but <laughs> yeah, but uh, so so Alex Cora was part of the Red Sox. In fact, was he the was he the was he the manager? I can't remember. But Something. so this cheating permeated two basically two World Series winners in a row, and you know it it it, it was an it, it was an outrage. It is. A, I mean, it is an outrage, is an outrage because, outrage. but it's an outrage, but it's not an outrage because we'll get into that. Later. Of, well, we're, we're, let's get into it now because are, are, we, are we pushing? Are we pushing through this now? Yeah, because that's the end of the. That's really the end of the timeline. Um, I thought there was something else to do with like somebody's like on their jersey or something. Thank you. Yo, We're not done yet. Because well, because this hasn't been Confirmed. proven and there's video we evidence. Know, we don't know if it we don't know if it will ever be confirmed. We're calling However, it, it is ninety nine point nine 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 percent highly suspicious because our our main man Jose Altuve, second baseman for the Astros, was uh him and I think that he was expressly named, um, but I think he wasn't the. For his they said he behavior? wasn't. They said he wasn't the only one doing this, but apparently, only got caught. he apparently had an electronic uh, device taped under his jer- taped to his body under his jersey that would buzz. 
not getting we're, we're calling that. it buzz okay <laughs> and uh apparent so similar to the trash can thing you would you you would imagine they would just but and this is far more discreet now because you don't have something audible now it's something on the person they don't have to listen for a trash can in the just midst of it. pitching all they do is feel like boom boom got it could you imagine that at like like what was going through your mind right before you hit that home run? I was like, I don't know. I just felt it. That's profound, man. <laughs> <laughs> so fucked up. Yeah. I'm be so mad. So, so you know, of course he vehemently denied it, and then there was a video that surfaced. And you know, it's funny. I was watching this game. I saw this live, and I thought it was a little odd, but didn't think too hard on it. But he hits a walk off home run. And he's coming around third. And if you've ever seen a walk-off home run, he throws their hype. They're losing their mind. You throw the helmet. Everyone's waiting at home plate. You, you jump a on home kid. plate. You, you might go gritty and punch a, a minor allegedly. or something. Allegedly. Uh, and, you know, they're ripping at your jersey. They're tearing at your jersey. Usually the jersey comes off or whatever. But you're wearing an undershirt because, you know, it's, it's family fun. And... <laughs> <laughs> you wear an undershirt because it's family fun. It's family what? fun. <laughs> I don't know. So the video is of him rounding third. This man is grabbing at his jersey like hard, and he and everyone's waiting at home plate, and they're hype and. It's close up of him, and he's just waving him off like, no, 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 holding the jersey. And then he hits home plate and just runs into the dugout. That's very suspicious. Don't rip my shirt. And his excuse, this is what made me believe that he was lying. His excuse was that his. My wife. (laughs) My wife. (coughs) His wife did not like that his shirt got ripped off before. Therefore, he didn't want his shirt to get ripped off because of his wife. That was his excuse. I'm watching it now. It's just like, it's, the fuck? it's yeah, it, it's, it's off. It is very off. So, that hasn't been confirmed, but it's, it's kind of like, really? All right. No, because even if it's like, don't wear my shirt, it's just like, you're close enough, don't wear my shirt. Like, the way he's holding on to it just yeah, he's hold- like a, another yeah. level because it feels like, even where he was holding on to it, like it feels a, off. Yeah. It's not, it's it feels not like, right here. It's not, yeah. not right in the center. It's a little off center. It's just right, like, he's holding on. Like, like It's not like he's specific. holding on to the it's buttons like, or, or holding on to the top. Like It's a specific area, and it's just... It it's very very shady. Right. So that that's that's the long and short. That's of it. the long short of it. Which um, for us is actually very short. Yeah, fuck the Astros is what yes. I'm going with. So speaking of gritty punching thirteen year old children allegedly, uh, was this was it just this past Wednesday, like last week Wednesday? So the today yeah. is yeah. the 29th, So this would have been the twenty second. Mm-hmm. So they beat the fucking Penguins. Whatever. Um... <laughs> Nice. There is a moment where Gritty's pumping the crowd up. <laughs> I'll put a link to this because I fucking love it. <laughs> he's pumping the crowd up and he's... <laughs> what is he doing? He's pumping the crowd up. Ah, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is too funny. And you know, he's often followed around by his own secret service. 
and uh, he's just punching this uh, trash can. And there's a Houston Astros sticker <laughs> on it. And the Secret Service is like behind it. It's a gritty learn this from the Astros. <laughs> you gotta love it. Just absolute savage. Oh, man, this must have happened. Was this right before? Right after the the allegations. After the allegations. Yeah, probably a week later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> he goes from punching children to trash cans. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> He's edgy. He's a habitual line stepper. But uh, that being said, we we kind of want to just get into a quick history of baseball and cheating because as crazy as all this is, it is just another notch in the cycle. Yeah. Um, you want to kind of take us away on that? Yeah, why not? Uh, this was, I'll, we'll put the links to everything in the description, but this was from a Bleacher Report. This is where I got like, eh, this might have been like. 2017 or like mm-hmm. a little which is funny if it actually is 2017 but uh the, the articles from bleacher report it's about the like 50 cheaters or biggest scandals in uh mlb history so it had to be pre the astros being found because they're not even listed on this but we're just right, well, that didn't come out yeah that didn't even come out until yeah. a couple months ago right. so. so so louisville louisville we're talking about the louisville grace louisville um, I'm just going to read this like straight up. Uh, there have been multiple gambling scandals in baseball history, and the first occurred in 1877. Four Grays players pictured Jim Devlin, outfield George Hall, utility player Al Nichol- Nichols, and shortstop Bill Craver. Okay, quick, before getting into any of this, I would love to go back to Bill Burr, as I often do. But holy shit, if we not did not just go through the Whitey Willoughby's and yeah. Pete Cracker. Peter, Peter Pecker. Pecker and, and Chris Cracker. Chris Cracker. Oh, oh man. What a, what a great days. day for baseball. White, white ball, ball, white, white players. players. <laughs> yes. Uh, they were accused of throwing games after the first place. Grays went on a 1-10 in 10 skid. That's a hell what of a skid. What the fuck is a skid? Like, who uses that word? It's a pretty common base or okay. not baseball term. It's, it's a pretty. Sports? It's a pretty common sports okay. term. I don't sports. I um, the players had admitted to getting paid to throw a few exhibition games during the season. The four players were banned from baseball. The team went out of business the following season as a result of the scandal. Damn! But it doesn't Crazy. stop there. Oh, it doesn't, Tyler. Continue. Not in baseball history. Ty Cobb. Mm. Do we want to do infamous quote real quick? Oh, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Now, it's attributed to him. Can it be, like, actually confirmed nor no. denied? <laughs> no. It could be neither confirmed nor... Yeah. And it's used in NASCAR a lot, so we're just gonna... I thought NASCAR was if you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> you know, white driver, white cars, <laughs> white lines on the road. What a great day for a race. White tires. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, what? Cobb was one of the greatest baseball players ever. That's not even an argument. That's just facts. He's also one of the most racist assholes of all time. That's not even an argument. That's just facts. <laughs> As were most of the players from that era. Facts. Uh, he was known for his fiery attitude and outstanding skills. Polarizing, that's what you... <laughs> However, Cobb didn't exactly follow all the rules. It was known that Cobb would sharpen the spikes of his cleats to scare opposing fielders from tagging them out. <laughs> Okay. And the thing is, this is so baseball. Like, yeah. people, people don't people get do be spiking people, though. Yeah, I've never spiked someone, but. I did try to jump in front of the person throwing the ball and then, in like, retrospect, thinking about how dumb of an idea that was. That was dumb. But it worked. Yeah. I've, I've, I'm, in a, I'm in a softball league at work. 
um, and we're not allowed to wear metal cleats, which sucks for me because guess what all I had was metal cleats. Because we're adults. Because we're adults, and it's it's a beer league. Like why, why? Like I get the rule of metal of no metal cleats I'm for safety, and it's anybody. a beer league. But who the hell is spiking it now? I've run and slid, and I and I play pretty. It's not like I play super hard, but Try I hard. <laughs> but I like baseball, so I'm gonna I'm gonna run out. I'm gonna run things out, and I'm gonna slide. Mostly because I don't want to be in the way when you throw the ball. Because who wants to get hit by a ball? In the but face? this is this is how like eighth rate this fucking league is because of that. Like me sliding and not even, and sliding on the outside of the bag when the second base it's a second baseman receiving the ball from the shortstop. So they're going to be coming across the bag mm-hmm. to the inside of the bag. So I slide on the outside of the bag away from the, the second baseman. Well, no, I was tagged out, but I was sliding Just, I mean, because I didn't want to... It was muddy as hell, and I didn't want to run into her and run her over. Sure. And I wanted, and I, and I didn't want to keep running into, into left field. So I slid to stop my momentum, slash, not run her over. And she took offense to that, apparently, because it's a beer league. Man up. Sorry. Had to. Poor taste. Woman Had up. to do it. Person. She's over yet. Damn. I don't know. All right. Moving on to John McGraw. McGraw. McGraw played from 1891 until 1906. It was noted. Good year. 1904, buddy. No, 1906. It was noted in Jeffrey C. Ward and Ken Burns' book. Oh, Ken Burns. That's where you get the Burns. Never mind. Uh, Baseball. It illustrated history that McGraw used to grab the belt of the belt loops of players rounding third base or of players who tried to tag up at third, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> it's just like that, like if you're playing basketball and like you can just like hold on to like the back of somebody for a little bit. Nah, it's a little worse than that. No, it's terrible, but it's fucking hilarious. I think it's funny. I'm sorry. That's okay in a contact sport. Because then, like, the lines get blurred. Yeah. This is not a contact sport. I mean, I make contact with the ball. He was also notorious for tripping players and impeding their way around the base paths in any way possible. That's not even allowed in football, by the way. (laughs) Tripping. So go ahead. Tomlin. (laughs) Wasn't allowed. McGraw was able to get away with all this because there was only one umpire on the field in baseball's early days. And if you ain't cheating... You ain't trying. Do you want to do the Black Sox? Okay, so uh, the Black Sox scandal. So uh, quick quick history on the Chicago Black Sox. It was funny because um, it's the White Sox, really. The Chicago, Chicago, the Chicago White Sox. They're called the Black Sox because obviously back in those days, um, in the early 1900s, you weren't, a, you, you, you know, you didn't make a lot of money playing baseball or professional sports a lot of them were too poor to afford washing their clothes or new socks so they played with the with the same socks and they became you know basically dark brown to black so that's why they were called the black socks which okay so cool i was just making sure like i wasn't like crazy there was a negro league right yeah 
there's a Black Sox there, right? And they were actually called Black Sox. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Cool. This that is not black. the same. This, right. this is a bunch of this is a bunch of uh, Whitey Willoughby's. Whitey's. All right. Got it. Including you know one of the best one of the better baseball players of all time. We'll get into that. But so uh, the the Black Sox scandal. So the the, the Black Sox were a um, an MLB team, uh, and they were fixed. There was a match fixing incident. Match fixing. It's that's how old we're we're talking. We're calling the match. They called it a match. They called it a match. Match fixing incident in which eight members of the White Sox were accused of intentionally losing the nineteen nineteen World Series against the Cincinnati Reds in exchange for money from a gambling syndicate led by Arnold Rothstein, Stein, Steen, Steen, Aiden Clayton, and Aaron Nelson. Oh my God! So sorry. Just going back to uh, Baltimore because Black Sox and Aaron Baltimore was Arnold. Okay, Aiden, have you seen the uh, how did like <laughs> it was a Baltimore accent test thing? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm putting that link in the description. Oh my god! And we just lost all our support from the Baltimore area. <laughs> the support we have from the Baltimore area—they're not even from Baltimore, so it's okay. <laughs> First of all, it's Baltimore. Baltimore? It's Baltimore. Well, we do have Hung. support. Oh, shit. No, no. Well, well, yeah, I guess he did live there for a couple of years. But Smiles J, man. Smiles That's Davis. True. Who Ooh. doesn't technically live there right now. Yeah, but collaboration? Yeah. Superiors? What's up, man? Let us know. Be on the lookout. <laughs> um, uh, so, the fallout <laughs> from the scandal resulted uh, in the appointment of uh, Judge Kennesaw Mountain Landis as the chief. Oh, his name was Judge. So, <laughs> this is how old this is. This guy is this guy's middle name is Mountain. Um, Mountain Landis as the first commissioner of baseball, granting him absolute control over the sport in order to restore its integrity. Um, oh, these works. guys were banned from baseball, um, including shoeless shoeless Joe Jackson, one of the best players who ever picked up cleats and put them on. Also the most illiterate. And yes, the most illiterate, which kind of speaks to, you know, he's always claimed his okay. innocence. Because he also had like flawless games during this series, too. Like he did not commit an error. He was basically the only one who showed up to play. Right. So if I'm in cahoots with throwing games, I am not, ha- I might have a couple plays where I make the play. But I'm not having a flawless game. No, and because here's every time you have a successful play in baseball, yeah. it's potential for you winning. That's true. And the thing, and and the thing about baseball too, it's such an individualized game in the sense that if the left tackle for a team decides he wants to throw throw it, Back up. or even the offensive line decides to throw it, you know. And make it look half convincing, you know, they could still win the game by the offense scoring zero points because the defense somehow scored points. In baseball, if everyone, even if it was everyone on the team but your best player trying to throw the game, I'm sorry, that best player. If everyone's, if everyone is throwing it, that best player is going to bat three times most. So, say you get three runs, you you could easily lose a three run game. But you can also win it. 
You could, but it. It's but now it's high. not everyone on the offense like throwing. Yeah. You know, you're right. I mean, and then you and then you have and then you have errors in the field to to add to that. So you get easy base runners and things like that. No, you're right. Things I'm of that sorry. nature. I, I wasn't thinking. It's been a like, lo- it's been a lot longer for me than it has been for you. Yeah, clearly. Uh, there's a lot. Wow. <laughs> wow. There's a lot more control you can have over a baseball game individually in the sense of the team losing. If everyone's involved versus one person carrying the team, that's hard to do. The pitcher probably has the most control in that sense. But even then, the pitcher the pitcher yeah. could throw a perfect game and still lose. So All right. So that was a quick like look into the most infamous scandals. Right. And we just completely bypassed steroids because of that one's that, that one should be too, obvious. It's, it's too easy. Um, that one should be obvious. So what we're going to do real quick is jump into Black History of Baseball because this is Alternative Black's podcast. And there was a large section of time when baseball was thought of as that white sport. It was one of those, like it was golf, it was tennis, it mm-hmm. was baseball. Baseball, America's Ball. pastime. <laughs> Chris Paul. No. Yeah, yeah. But I, I thought one of the best things to do real quick was just to go up into Jackie Robinson. Because you know Negro yeah. Leagues, you know Jackie Robinson. Satchel Page. Satchel Page. However, let's we're gonna do a brief timeline up to a certain point because we're gonna do a whole other episode at some point in the near future or far future, in the future, on uh black the, the black timeline in baseball. But even like more recently, I think there was a, a dynamic shift. There was, like most sports, there was the white era, and then there was integration, and we just showed y'all the fuck what's going on. We sports. Um, <laughs> not we sports, because that's trash, but like... Just because you're mad at the tennis game. Because <laughs> it's not realistic. It wasn't. Um, but then when like integration happens, and things get like shifted, and like stirred up but then like there became this huge oh i gotta go back to that facebook post i don't know what like there was like a latino like yeah era like it, it, there's Absolutely. a huge dynamic shift of like what baseball was because you, you started like looking at the areas of like closer to the equator that were able to play like the sport all year round absolutely and just produce amazing fucking talent and still do right that's what i'm saying so it, it's no longer like there was a brief area of just like blackness and it's mm-hmm. kind of dissipating again and it's just not as much of the black sport anymore in my mind i don't know it's not as much of an african-american sport there we go that's the better word. it is still very much a black, black. sport yes you're, you're absolutely correct i think we started getting on this on the last episode we need to have that episode again one of our many future episodes exactly um but it, it, it's much earlier than just the negro league it's much earlier than just like Jackie Robinson, obviously. So we're going to go all the way back to 18-fucking-20. All right, let's go back to 18-fucking-20. Go ahead, Tyler. Slave Henry Rosecrans Columbus Jr. That is not the most slave name I have ever read. Yeah, because a black dude with that name. Yeah. Yeah. Plays baseball in Kingston, New York. Slavery, uh, slavery is not abolished in New York State until 1827. So, dude's a beast. Yes. Baller. Yes. Wait, so Kingston, New York, that would be Jamaica, Queens? Queens? Yeah. That area? Yeah. Okay. 1869, first instance of a black club playing against the white one. So this is your first like look into integration, sort of. The colored neutrals, as well as the colored alerts, 
both of Washington, D.C., played games that year against the Washington Olympics, a top-ranked white club whose co-founder and president was Abraham G. Mills, later a National League president and head of the Special Commission on Baseball Origins of 1905-07, through playing for the Black Mutual, was a son of Frederick Douglass. Uh, what? Yep. 1924, first Negro League World Series. So that's about like where we start seeing things in terms of baseball when we look back into history of things and we start talking about baseball in a like historical sense, right? Wait, so hold up. I'm, I'm we're going back a, a, a bullet point here. Abraham G. Mills. That's a white dude. Yeah. Yeah, I'm up here definitely on stage. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> His last name's Mills. Mills. Yeah, no, you 100 percent Either that or he was oppressing children in, or his family was oppressing children in Britain to get that last name. So yeah. go ahead. 1943, at owners' meetings chaired by Judge Landis, told you Judge was a name, Paul Robeson, I'll be working at Robeson High School in Philadelphia. Uh, great guy. It's just a fucking box of a school. I just looked it up. Uh, and other black dignitaries make pitch for integrating baseball. 1947, April 15th, Jackie Robinson makes his debut at Ebbets Field playing first base. So you go from, like, what? We'll call it 1924. So just before 1924, because you got to imagine Negro League is there before the World's Negro League World Series. And I didn't grab the date for that first, like, technical mm-hmm. Negro League game. But you have that 1924 to 1947, like, era that you know of. Like that is talked about and spoken about in history. Hundred years prior is the first historical record of baseball in Black America. Right. So there's a history there. There's a century of history there. And there's there's still like a list of accomplishments and things yet to be accomplished by black players. Right. And 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 can we can we just posit that the career home run leaders, the top two are black. One is an asterisk, but the other guy was good. <laughs> I would love to see the asterisk comparison. Oh, all the asterisk guys? Yes. Together? Oh, well, I mean, Barry Bonds is way out there. No, 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 no. no. I, I, I want to see how that's like divvied up in terms of like black, white. I mean, as far as like the uh, the big name ones, most of them are white. I can think of three off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jose Canseco, but I mean, he's white passing, passing. as fuck. Mark McGuire, Roger Clemens. Clemens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's who, and I can only think of two dark dudes. Bonds, Bonds and Sammy Sosa. Ooh. Ooh. Manny Ramirez. Did he? Ooh, see, Manny's actually... Did he? Manny was... Like I think he admitted, uh, David Ortiz is the like asterisk on an asterisk that we don't know, right? Kind of thing. But it was the same. Yeah, but like he's he's a big motherfucker already, and so is Manny. Manny would be more believable for me because he's not as big. He's not as, but he got bigger. But he, did. he didn't get like jacked. Like he didn't bury. He didn't get Barry or Mark McGuire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and just for the record, Barry Bonds is somehow like quote unquote like unofficially blackballed from baseball. But Mark McGuire is a hitting coach for has been a hitting coach for 
like multiple teams or at least yeah so that that doesn't make any sense to me but you know whatever whatever all right so let's see how much time do we have left four minutes all right cool now we can we'll we'll extend this this is fun this is a this episode really hit home i think home run uh (laughs) blackmail podcast (laughs) (laughs) Uh, did you want to get into a little bit of like our? Yeah, just just quickly. I mean, we don't really have to hit it too hard because you know, because <laughs> we're just trying to drive yeah, this down run from third. Um, you know, we can go oppo a little bit and kind of just reel it back a little bit. Tag up. Don't really need to go the distance. Um, you know, or we could double up. You know. Are we rounding to home though? Like we're only yeah, yeah, we're 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 rounding third. It's the home stretch. It's the home stretch. That's right. No more seventh inning stretch. That's right. We need to apply the tag. Um, oh god! Sorry, guys. Have the dad jokes hit home yet? <laughs> no. Um. You know, both of us grew grew up playing baseball. Um. Start. I remember starting with t-ball. Yeah, you had more success than I had, but. <laughs> t-ball was fun i was part of the keffer cats and then the running Redbirds. oh yeah uh-huh. <laughs> um i i mean i i have memories from the I, I'm very hazy but like i, I do remember yeah you know i i do remember playing t-ball at, Ke- t-ball at keffer park I, I home run in t-ball yeah, did you? <laughs> I had a you home, must have uppercut the hell bro, out of that I ball. I had home runs all the way up until middle school. Uh, we were taller than everyone. Well, also, in middle school, it was hard as fuck to hit a home run. At Especially Bear at Barrett Park. There's only one motherfucker that I have ever seen hit a home run there, and that was Carlos. Well, that dude was crazy. <laughs> he, hit, he hit it to what, left field? Where there's no fence. He hit it to, into the street. He hit it to the Northwest Elementary School. <laughs> He'll cross the street. And technically, no one's going to be like, home run. Yeah, he it, just kind of jogged around like, the bases. The ball's rolling down a hill. Yeah. <laughs> it, it landed in the river. <laughs> He's still running. Like, He's still running. He's still going. He's no, holding but, on to his jersey. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. Uh so, but then I played for the uh, the Northwest Yankees after that, and uh, uh, champion. And yeah, you 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 played for your dad for uh, ever. Yeah, for the Reading. Oh, what, I have no clue. Like, it was part of Rao. Like, like yeah, Rao. Oh well. So before after the T ball, I played. <laughs> I played with Harry. In first grade, I remember this. We we played for. It was a Ryle team, but it was Reading America Little League. And we played for whatever automotive shop sponsored our team. Yep. It was uh, Automotive Service. That was the name were of our we team. Were on the same team? I don't think you are on that team. No, but I played for an Automotive Services one time. I only played for that for one year, so it could have been, you know. I mean, I did Exide. I did, like, a lot. I remember Exide, now that you say that, but. Um, <laughs> Probably be this. So, Y'all were stacked. We were stacked. You want to talk about recruiting? <laughs> Y'all were the recruitingest ass motherfuckers. Wait, literally. Louis Deolio. Wait, was he on your team? Yeah, he was not in your like district. He, he went to 
Northwest Middle School, so Northwest, Northwest. Same, I went to Northwest difference. Middle School. Yeah, but you were kind of there. Oh, whatever. You were over. You you were over it the was center. Ask me. But it was still West. No, no. <laughs> you want to talk about that? Targeted. How about how about you talk about like America, like the Legion, the some the Legion League. It's even worse where Schuylkill Valley and Exeter take half of Reading. I would have had to play first. Now, Reading, Reading's Legion team, when they had one, and they used to have two. We're bringing it when back. They, when they had one, it was a, they played at George Field, yeah. which was a five-minute walk from my house. They wanted you to play. And I had to play for Schuylkill Valley. Fuck that noise. And I, I was like, fuck y'all, I'm not playing. Because that's bullshit. And they were all excited to have me, of course. And I was like, well, no. Go fuck yourselves. Lose. Because Cook Valley's not that great baseball. So, but anyway, um, you know, that's a whole other episode in terms of districting. Because that's almost like a gerrymander situation. It was a gerrymander thing. Which is nonsense. Because it's who nonsense. the gerrymandering into Reading for baseball? Well, because we're like... Well, hold up. Oh, that, well, era, that era, we were fucking bomb. That was like Frank Kelvin and... But that was because when we actually had the developmental league, because we had Northwest, we had Running American Little League, and then we had the middle school program that was doing pretty well at that point, too. Okay, I, I swear you were going to say um, all of it, so I was going to come no, over this table. I, and I honestly, honest to God, think all of it Tyler. was one of the... It's one of the biggest detriments to the baseball community. Thank you, thank you. It, okay, it I thought you were going the other way. No, it decimated... What baseball was in mm-hmm. in the city. Because up until that point, you had no other league that you could get into that was a, we want you to play. Little league, you had to do that. Everyone needs to play. Because you need to give opportunity to kids to like try. Right. But after that, it needs to be that, that learning process of... Because I, the participation trophy kind of shit pisses me off. Because this is the point where it needs to be like, I don't mind rewarding you for finishing a season. That's good when you finish the season. What pisses me off is the thought that you have to play this game. Yeah, like I, I understand. I understand as a as a parent who didn't go through it necessarily, or a parent who's trying to live vicariously through their kid. But like, but still, fuck you. But still, like, there to me, there's value in attempting to do your best to win and also fighting for the position. Like my my seventh grade year at at Northwest, I started over a senior middle schooler and eighth grader and you know i had to compete for the position obviously so like you know it wasn't just oh you know he gets to play but like i i knew as a young as the younger person like i need to i need to play better and i need to i didn't start but i pitched you did but victor was a really fucking good first base he was he was good he was really good like i really had to fight hard against him and there was times where coach threatened like put, yeah. about putting exactly shout, shout out to dj special d no seriously <laughs> i'll tag him in the our middle too. school yes. baseball coach fucking vegan <laughs> coach seltzer water yo that was the dude though he yeah cheddar bob no, he was he was amazing, and I think that was a really like, good program. But like, we needed more of that. Yeah, and the summer leagues didn't in Reading do not have that, and I think that was they the did, biggest denture. Like city can like they, city they county, did, but it wasn't junior. it wasn't put behind like it wasn't put behind the way that the the surrounding area put behind but, the program. Well, one that that was like a huge like culture shit. Like it was it was, was, was like, a cult baseball right right. 
America's pack. Right. There was other elements to why they were playing so since we're they're playing since they were five years old together. Now they're on the, the same high right. school team. And it wasn't like that. Like we would get to middle school and we had to compete against each other. Right. Exactly. We'd have to play Northeast or you know. Right. And those were big games, like internally, mm-hmm. but we weren't. We weren't. But then doing when we got developmental the developmental like we weren't. We weren't all given the same playbook. We weren't all right. Getting exactly. The to program. The, it was four different programs. Exactly, and that was the issue. Then it's you get to Reading High, and now it's like you have to. You got to compete against someone that you were like vehemently like opposed, like you were fighting Northeast. Like, yeah. I remember hating Northeast. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Those were like. I remember that. Contentious games. Mm-hmm. Like just fucking football was like that too. And I was like, we're playing with them the next year. It's yeah, like, and I and I understand the fact that if you made one middle school Reading High team with four different middle schools, it's like there's just too many kids. It's it's too hard. It's way too many kids. But I, I, I think that it should have been taken away from having to play against each other as much as we did. Yeah, we did play a lot, and, and because it became this like it should have just been like a once a year thing or yeah. something. It almost should have been like an all star. It should have been yeah. like a West first East all star. Yeah, like a East first West, like yeah. North first South. Like it should have been that type of thing rather than. Anyways, neither here nor there. Where is it? Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of like that's kind of like our experience um, playing ball yeah. and writing. That's why we wanted to have like baseball was very special to us. Um, it was it was a lot of fun. Again, you talk about being like alternative though, and and. Uh, Especially in an environment in, in like Reading. Some of my fucking favorite chants, though. <laughs> yeah, but in but I mean in, in Reading in Reading, once again, as a black as a black kid, you find yourself as the minority. Which um, is wild, because I never realized that growing up. Yeah, you don't really think about it until Because we're all like when you I guess growing up for me, like thinking about it from an outside perspective, because I was very aware that outside of Reading was very white. Mm-hmm. It was My thought process is we're all in this together. And then realizing that we grew up in a very like Latino, Spanish, Hispanic like culture. I like how you incorporated that. Yeah, I just it's like I saw a Facebook post today. <laughs> um but growing up in that type of culture and then going out and like gravitating more towards black culture, especially more recently getting into like my blackness a lot more and just realizing, holy shit, like my like when yeah. we talk about the movies that we haven't seen, when we talked about the like the the TV shows and like culture references that we don't necessarily yeah, get. Yeah, we're out of the loop. Right. And that, that's where the alternative aspect comes because like, even again, we were playing baseball. I was playing tennis, baseball, girl. Yeah. I mean, football, obviously for me, I was in, but baseball was number one. Right. Number one. Um, I was very close to being able to play two spring sports at once. Yeah, you never did, you asshole. So that wasn't my fault. They dropped the ball. They dropped the ball. They dropped the ball. I could have been blah, pitching. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah. You made the choice. <laughs> <laughs> and decided to play tennis instead of baseball. What sport are we playing? Oh, damn it. You're playing softball. Fuck. Yeah. Exactly. You didn't bite me onto the team. It's a work league. Wow. That sounds like excuses. It sounds like it's exclusive. Anyways, if you made it this far, we appreciate the fuck out of you. Because that was just the ramblings of two madmen. On uh, on Coffee Stout. On Coffee Stout. This was my fifth coffee. Um... <laughs> Same. Uh, 
If you are following us on Instagram or any of our social media, you understand that we are going through a campaign currently. It's a 60-day campaign. We are about, ooh, by the time you listen to it, I don't know. Uh, we're a couple days into it. We're about a week eight into day, it. That'd yeah. be eight days. Um, it's a 60-day campaign. We're trying to raise $1,200 to send us out to Fresh Fest Beer Fest, the nation's first black beer festival. Absolutely. It's first. the third annual. First. It's the first black beer festival. It's third uh, annual. the third annual. Uh, which is really cool because when we talk about like numbers and everything like that, you look at the nation at 60% white, 40% other. I'm very simplifying everything, but that's just how the world looks at shit too. Uh, but when you look at the craft beer community, it's 80% white, 20% other. And that's a huge issue. Absolutely. So part of the reason we want to go out there and part of the reason we're selling this Kickstarter and getting people to like buy into us is the fact that we want to put on a diversity a workshop at the end of the day afterwards. So it's going to be in August. We want to put the workshop on in November. So mm-hmm. we want to go out there. There are some prominent like figures in the uh, movement in the industry that uh, can teach us a lot about bringing diversity to it. And that's what we want to share with the local community in the Reading area, Lancaster area, just anyone that's willing to come out. Absolutely. We're going to record it. We'll also sell it as a workshop. Right. online exactly um, um, if you want to be a part of that we're going to leave that kickstarter in the link in the description yes please support even if even if you don't want to and you and all you can do is like a Share. dollar please a dollar yeah. a dollar if 120 if, if 1200 people just gave <laughs> us a dollar, a dollar. Yeah. We'd be set we want to give a couple thanks uh, shout outs to people that have Supported us so far. Right Absolutely. now, currently, while we're recording, it's $156. $156. dollars that we have raised. Uh, so, shout out. I got two cousins who have uh, contributed to this. Uh, Eleanor Weber down in Atlanta, mm-hmm. which is our, on Instagram, is our second, like, most popular city that follows us. It goes nice. Reading, Atlanta, Philly. Um, so, Eleanor Weber, thank you so much. Uh, that really means a lot to me. Uh, my other cousin up at Eagle Rock, like towards Hazleton, uh, Danielle Pavlik, like, thank you, because she's also supported the podcast before through, uh, not PayPal, Venmo, Venmo. Oh, Venmo, wow, that's OG. Oh, yeah, she Venmoed us. Very cool. Early on. Another, but a Patreon, like, actual subscriber who donates every month and has donated additionally to this cause is... Hungdo. My bro. Yo, yo. LB Hungdo. Yeah, so thank you. There are three other things that people, people things that have donated. The Creative Fund by Bob. And then it cuts off and I don't really care because it was only a dollar. But thank you for the dollar because you're part of the 1,200 people that have Very sincere. Uh, thank you for the dollar. Well, no, because they were trying to get us to buy into a, uh, a marketing thing. So I was like, here's a complimentary dollar. Oh. We have 5,000 connections if you want us to run your campaign. Oh. Yeah. Y'all it's sincere, a, but we got your dollar. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Y'all get a sticker or something. Sean? <laughs> Sean! You just put Sean, but you bought into the workshop. So we have to like figure out how to contact you, Sean. But also, thank you so much. Yes. Absolutely. And then somebody else who bought a featured spot is Laurie Gamble. Nice. And I actually, uh, she, I invited her to like the page. She liked the page, so we have her connection, Absolutely. and we'll uh, figure out what we can do to yes. to sponsor her because we appreciate it ever Absolutely. so much. Absolutely, thank you so Speaking much. Speaking about appreciation, let's move over to the Patreons that have been contributing to us and believing in our uh, mission. First off, first and foremost, 
Oak Brook Brewing Company, who is our like day one sponsor in terms of like big, actually official sponsor. Thank you so much for everything that you have done and we're doing. We're trying to do some educational like little pieces that they can uh, sponsor as well, just by doing some video content that we can drop to everybody. So look, look forward to that. Uh, but hung down. Hung Jesus. Get dropped twice. Uh, Ari, Ari Moyer up in like New York doing like big Wall Street shit. Yeah. Thank you so much, man. Ruby. Ruby Mora. She's a local writer, like doing some fucking great things in the writing industry. She's, uh, she's pretty dope. Enjoy her. She's supposed to tell me some like insight and what she feels about the podcast and thinks about the podcast. So I still got to connect with her on that. Ruby, if you're listening, you better be. Just tell me. And Savannah motherfucking Thorpe. Ooh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Man. Man, wow, mm-hmm. you did that. Well, mm-hmm. there goes Elizabeth. There... Elizabeth, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Warren. Now she's doing some like really cool uh political shit currently. So thank you uh to Savannah as well. She was on one of our episodes. If you haven't listened to that episode, make sure to check it out because she is yeah. a fucking riot. That's a lot of the thank yous. If you listen to this, you're a real fucking OG. I feel like this is the end of 2014 Forest Hill Drive. Like, yeah. <laughs> Jeff Gordon! Right. So, yeah, you can find us on Kickstarter, Patreon. That will all be listed. On Instagram, we are Alternative Blacks Pod. On Twitter, we are Blacks Podcast, B L A C K S Podcast. On Facebook, we are in the description. <laughs> Coming up in February 15th, though, we have, uh, not we, but Dear Redding has an event going on. It's about, like, love and all this other mm-hmm. good shit. We shared it on the page. Uh, and then they'll have, like, an after-hours party at, uh, not after-hours, it starts at, like, 10, at the Carlos. Because, of course. Because. But that should be a lot of fun. So thank you guys for listening. We are launching that campaign. Follow us on Instagram to watch that campaign because we're going to do uh, one brewery every day for the 60 days that will get us from Philadelphia to oh, <laughs> to Pittsburgh. Thank you. To the Sixburg. Um, I saw another map that called it Schittsburg, but whatever. Uh, but thank you again for listening. We appreciate the fuck out of you. Peace.